I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no sandwiches. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Something for the Weekend with myself, Nick Hart, and my sidekick, Mr. Neil Fissler. How are you doing, Neil? Not too bad, Nick. Not too bad. Another great week to be a Millwall fan. It's, it's, there's a real feel-good factor around the place at the moment. Um, really good form over Christmas. Um, but we're just saying off air, listeners, um, we will come on to the good times at the Den. I thought it might be better and more appropriate, though, Neil, just to mention at the start of the show, because we tend to do these things right at the very end. And I always think it's, you know, some people might miss these, but I just wanted to pay tribute to two uh, former players who've passed away in the recent week, Brian Brown and and the goalkeeper, John Jackson, the late seventies, um, two in their different ways, two great servants of the club, Brian Brown fall back alongside Harry Cripps. When I first started going in, in 72 um, a really solid right back, Neil Brian Brown. Yeah, he's a player who, funnily enough, I've never spoken to. I've spoken to a lot of players from that era, but he was slightly elusive to try and track down. But I spoke to uh, I spoke to Brian King about him. Actually, he was the best man at Brian King's wedding right. uh, in the 70s. So he was uh, Brian was quite cut up about him. He, you. But you speak to a lot of uh, you speak to a lot of Millwall fans from the seventies era, and certainly on Hoff this week, yeah, it was obviously discussed his passing. Very highly rated, kind of solid, dependable Murray Wallace, if you like, of yeah, of that team. Just a guy that was pretty unspectacular, I think, but gave a hundred percent week in, week out. To, yeah, to the cause, and uh, yeah, well, I must admit, I thought it was quite shameful of Millwall. I'm going to give Millwall an almighty kick in here. Okay, the, well, yep. when we played Rotherham, was it last Sunday? Last Sunday, yeah. yeah. That we had minute silence for Palais, a minute silence for George Cohen, or a minute's applause, yeah, yeah but not. Uh, yeah. Two former Millwall players that had died that week. I thought that was pretty shoddy of the club and uh, pretty poor. And hopefully, hopefully they rectify it uh, this weekend for Sheffield United. I thought it was pretty poor form. Yeah, but it's all well and good having these minutes applause for 
for the likes of Palais, but you don't forget your own. And, no, uh, no, 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 no. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a point I hadn't thought of, but you're, you're correct. I mean, obviously, Pele is a world figure of football, but at the end of the day, we're Millwall fans. I don't follow, never followed Pele. Um, I followed for a brief time a team with Brian Brown as a, a, a stalwart part of, of, of well, almost the most successful uh, team, one of the most successful teams. It just failed to achieve promotion in 1972. As I've said many, many times across these shows, that was my first season at the age of uh, 11. And Brian was a, a, a very quiet player. I was trying to think of what um, what tribute I could pay him, Neil, and... In, in many ways, you're, you're right, because he, whereas Harry Cripps was clearly the darling of the den, um, he Harry, I think, represented the Millwall crowd on the pitch, if you want to put it that way. Kitchener would, would do so later on, was part of that team. But Kit, uh, Cripps was very much almost like the fans, like Herlock would one day come to be, like they were playing themselves. It's who they would want to be. Um, Brian Brown was the, uh, the the right back to Harry's. Uh, I think he was on the left side, Crips, if I'm remembering rightly. Um, and he was a much quieter player. He was a very good player. He was. He didn't do spectacular things. He just did his job. Um, 1968 to 1975, 211 games and five goals. Um, so he wasn't prolific, but he did get on the end of, of, of the uh, you know getting the ball in the net uh, five times for us. Um, but it was it was it was kind of hard to come up with anything that was that was really um, maybe that's the best representation I can give him now because he wasn't a spectacular player but he was a very very good solid quiet player that got on with his job. Um, Murray Wallace is actually not a bad analogy in the same way that Murray is a very honest Millwall player. I think you'd probably say about the same about Brian Brown because that's 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 a very good way to capture him. I think a member, a stalwart member of, uh, of that team that came so close. I well remember the scenes at the end of the uh, famous two 0 win over Preston. It was only the third time I'd been to the Den, and there was a real belief that we got promoted and it would be snatched away from us by other results. Uh, back then, um, the fixtures didn't all finish on the on the last day of the season. Um, Born in Shoreditch, I'm just looking at your bio that you've written here, Neil, in, in Who's Who. Born in Shoreditch in 1949, career took in Chelsea, Millwall, uh, and then retired, injured in 75, played a little bit for Dartford, and became uh, a publican on the Isle of Dogs, strangely, and then worked for the Royal Mail, Brian Brown. Football was very different back then, wasn't it? There was, you know, your, post, uh, your post-football career wasn't... Um, wasn't one of punditry and, and glamour, was it? It was it was working for the Royal Mail and, and running a pub. Yeah, that's right. He ran the Magnet and Drew Drop on uh, the Isle of Dogs, and actually, I believe he worked for the Royal Mail as a sorter at Mount Pleasant, the okay, big yeah. old yeah, the big old sorting office that's around the back of King's Crossway, isn't it? Yes, right. So yeah, right. You know, these weren't a. Uh, yeah, they didn't earn fortunes. There was no, uh, yeah, there was no fifteen million pound a year ambassadorial jobs yeah. for Saudi Arabia going with this lot. Yeah, but Larry Cripps sold insurance, yeah, and things. Like that. Yeah, but he had a market stall at one stage. These were, yeah, these were blokes where football was just looked upon as a job. I know we're going to talk about John Jackson. I think he worked as a courier and worked for Lewis Council. Yeah, yeah. and sold 
blinds or delivered blinds or something like that for a living. So these yeah. were yeah, it was very much yeah, they played football for five or ten, fifteen years and it was just a job. You didn't earn yeah, you might have earned a little bit more than the average man in the street. But but you didn't earn much more than the average man in the street. And no. so you actually needed a job when you went outside of football and yeah, the publican I think's been a has been a favourite occupation for footballers and ex-footballers since the day dot. Um, yeah, that uh, natural progression, wasn't it, um, into the licensing trade. Again, that's a, a trade now that's um, certainly uh, not what it was, let's put it that way. Um, but no, Brian Brown, um, rest in peace, Brian. Um, you were a stalwart part, as I've said, of the first team I ever saw. Um, I remember when Harry Cripps and Brian Brown were dropped in the 73, 74 season. Or was it 75, 70? It was around about 73, 74-ish. They were dropped in favour of uh, what was felt to be the new um, the new generation of Dave Donaldson and Eddie Jones. They came in. This was a big moment. The, pub, the match day programme had an article particularly with Cripps, but also Brian Brown explaining why these two youngsters had replaced these these two veterans who had been part of one of the best teams of Mill in Mill's history. So um I think I think it'd be wonderful if the club do um they should get a minute's applause together for Brian Brown tomorrow. Um and also John Jackson, Neil, who was came to us quite late in his in his career, but he, he played a vital part in a in a a struggling side in the third division in the late seventies um, joined us in August seventy nine under George Petty. Um, but he'd had a long career with Crystal Palace, in, including some first division football with Palace. Yeah, no Stonewall Jackson, I think he was called, wasn't he? Back in yeah. the back in the day, uh, yeah, but I believe he played for Leighton Orient actually in an FA Cup semi final in in the just before he joined us. But a very very dependable goalkeeper. I know that. Palace paid tribute to him, and uh, they did on mm. the price of football, obviously, because they've got that Nigel on there. And goalkeeper in the seventies, uh, <laughs> when there were a lot of good English goalkeepers around in the nineteen seventies, unfortunately, John Jackson couldn't get near the England side because of the likes of Shilton, uh, Prince, yeah. Uh, Stepney, Corrigan, yeah. they were all yeah. great English goalkeepers, and he and he was and he was stuck in that queue. Even our own Brian King, you'd yeah. have to include in that group of goalkeepers. That it was a rich, could... rich period for goalkeeping back then in the nineteen seventies. Um, and you're right, because Jackson, I remember being a very solid goalkeeper. He joined us. In what was a difficult period, we'd been relegated in the late seventies. George Pesci was trying to um, shore up the goalkeepers. I think he replaced Pat Cuff, who um, is a name that is often spoken of with um, you know disregard around the den. Anyone that saw some of Pat Cuff's performances uh, will be left with uh, you know. It was great to see someone coming in that was that was felt more dependable. Jackson certainly was that. Um, he came just quite late in his career. Now, nineteen seventy nine, he joined us. He was born in nineteen forty two, so that put him at what thirty thirty seven when he joined us. Quite quite advanced in, the, in his career. I suppose goalkeeping does go on for longer than that for all players. 
Um, yeah, and I think the third time that it actually hooked up with George Petchy. I think he he played for Petchy uh, or yeah, well, under Petchy at, at Palace and and Orient, and I guess that managers back then they reverted to what they knew. So he wanted a dependable goalkeeper, so he turned to yeah to John Jackson and probably didn't let us down in that respect. He didn't. A difficult time. I mean, there's no dressing up. These were difficult days at the Den. Um, he played 89 games for us between 1979 and 1981. Born in Hammersmith in 1942. Jackson's career took in Crystal Palace, as we've said, Orient. The California Surf. I always think that's a wonderful name for it. I, I want to support the California Surf if the mill were folding. Uh, then the Lions, he went to Ipswich and Hereford and then coached at Brighton. Um Post-career, as Neil has said, he installed and fitted blinds. That's wonderful. And he settled in Brighton, worked for a golf magazine down there, sold golf equipment and worked as a courier for Lewis Council. Um, RIP John Jackson, a good, a good servant, a good solid servant for Millwall Football Club. Achtung, Millwall. Stuff. I'm glad we opened up with that, Neil. I wanted to get the tributes in early, I think, because... I find that when you do these shows, they tend to be left at the end, uh, tacked on to the end. And I always feel it's a little bit um, of a throwaway approach. But anyway, we're going to move on now to current oh, good form of the Lions. We're having a good time, mate, at the moment. Seven points from nine over Christmas and good results and good, uh, you know, we, we sit six in the table as you and I speak this morning. Mate, it's been a very, very good Christmas period, hasn't it, for the club? Uh, I think seven points out of nine, you'd have settled for that. Before just yeah yeah, but I think that if you look at the games, you'd have probably have thought that you that would have been doing well to have got something out of the Watford game, and then you'd have been looking for wins in the two home games. But yeah. as it turned out, yeah, we played Watford off the park. We did our best to play uh, Rotherham off the park, and we were disappointed. With with the result against, yeah. so yeah, it was a strange old Christmas because because there was a certain amount of typical Millwall, wasn't it? You went from that high from the Watford game to a little dose of reality, and everybody started to moan after the Bristol City game, closed the club, cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rowett doesn't know what he's doing. No, he don't know what he's doing, no. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we absolutely spank Rotherham, and let's be honest, they were awful, weren't they? They were, they were really poor. Very poor they were, indeed. I think we'd have probably scored two or three, four more. I think they were carrying um, an injury crisis, but they were poor. I don't, you know, it's it's just remarkable, listeners, that they are not the bottom yeah. team in the division. That's Wigan, so you know, it's quite remarkable. We're full, full from bottom actually, but no, they were um, exceptionally poor. But as the cliche has it, you can only beat the team that takes the field in front of you, Neil. And we did that. Um, I thought until the second goal went in, which was that deflected effort from Tom Bradshaw. Uh, diverted into the net by the Rotherham defender. I thought we were maybe just living on our nerves a little bit with a one-goal lead. Um, There's been a big debate all week about goal scoring. I I, I looked at the championship table. I mentioned this when I I did a conversation yesterday with the chaps. We're not actually that far away 
from a good number of sides in terms of goals scored. We do lack a goal scorer. I do accept that. And I'd, I'd noticed that um, in some of his, uh, you know, in the, the interviews this week, the, the, the January transfer windows, Gary Rowett's talking about strengthening up front. So I do accept that we are a team that could do with someone that knows how to put the ball in the net. But um, we're not that far off. I think there's this kind of idea that we're, we we can't score a goal for Toffee, but we're not that far away. 31 goals. I think that, that compares as favourably with the likes of Blackburn and um, I think Luton. And even Watford, I think, haven't scored many more than that. So we're not that far off the pace. I think it's quite difficult for Mill fans to accept that we are in a group with a strong chance of getting promoted. I think we always tend to look for the, the fault in the side, don't we? Yeah, we always actually look for the negative. It's rather glass half empty rather than glass half full approach, isn't it? Uh, yeah. To be honest, it's quite frightening how good we are without a recognised goal scorer or without that little bit of quality up front. Because if you had that quality up front and they were scoring as many goals as Fleming's getting or even more, and then you've got the likes of Fleming chipping in with his few from set pieces, etc., and then you can bring on Bradshaw to chip in one or two, and if we can find a way of getting uh, yeah the BFG to score a few more, yeah, yeah. Well, I think cards on the table has been remarkably unlucky. I think he's oh, hit yes. the bar. How many times he hit the woodwork? There's you know three or four yeah. times. I think for uh, some really good saves, and I think that Rotherham they'd have been dead and buried, but for the goalkeeper. Yeah. Last, uh, I think he, yeah, well, he had an absolutely outstanding game, didn't he? Yeah, Joe Hanson, the... yeah, good, good, uh, good, good goalkeeper from on that showing at least. Anyway, um, someone made a great point, and I can't remember who it was. It's just occurred to me. So, I, whoever the author of this post was, I'd, I'd, um, I'd love to credit you, but I can't. I can't remember who it was. But obviously, the there's a there's a um, a feeling Neil that we need a goal scorer, which are difficult to find you know the best will in the world everyone's looking for the uh, the gold nuggets that are few and far between um but someone made a good point that if we do we have the players but we just don't create enough chances of of, of value in terms of maybe Vogel summer maybe Bradshaw if you give them a better service from the wings and maybe we we should be looking at strengthening on the flanks rather than down the center if that's a, if that's uh, makes sense that we can get these goals um via you know via a, a, a better quality of of, of a winger if that make if you if you know what i mean yeah but yeah, i partly agree with that but i don't think you can go into a promotion challenging campaign or or go into the second half of a promotion challenging campaign without another striker because we've obviously yeah. Yeah, we've let Benicophobi go uh, yes. to Dubai, which is probably the right decision. It's not worked well for him this season. He was superb last season, scored a lot of goals, probably injured this season quite a lot, probably carrying that injury. So it hasn't worked out for him. I'm not going to do a Harry and call him all kinds of silly names. <laughs> and, you know, hatred. Yeah, because he's 
his best for the club. He was a fantastic ambassador off the pitch. Apparently a very, very nice guy. Apparently so. Uh, he's, got, yeah. In, yeah. he's got property business interests in Dubai. So it's the right move. Yeah, And freeing up those wages, he was probably on 15k a week, 10, 15k a week, I'd have thought. And yeah. that allows us to then uh, spend a little bit more on uh, a striker, getting somebody in, maybe somebody, yeah, maybe somebody on loan from the Premier League. I know there's a Lowell, isn't there? Low at uh, Jamal Low, is it? Who would Jamal Low? Right. Yeah, we've been linked with him. We've been linked with several. Uh, Sam Sturridge, I think, was another one I saw, but I think he's going to Burnley. Uh, but no, it's a yeah, but it allows us to put that money in elsewhere, doesn't it? And and I think it's a good move for him, but it just hasn't worked out. But we definitely cannot go into campaign with just Bradshaw and the BFG, and maybe yeah, uh, maybe this. Uh, this young Irish lad, yeah, uh, because if something happens, God forbid, we just haven't got any strength in depth in that position, have we? Uh, yeah, but I know people are suggesting we can put Creswell up front. But, <laughs> but, yeah, but that's, that's, that's kind of um, that's, that's last-ditch stand, cut-tie kind of move, isn't it? It's not, it's not a basis to mount a, a, a promotion, a serious promotion oh, campaign. Not. I think we have to be, you know, this is a massive opportunity now. We've said it a few times, one show or another, people will be sick and tired of hearing the phrase, but it is a major opportunity. We may not get another chance as good as this um, for some years to come. Uh, John Berrelson is clearly, clearly wanting Premier League football. Um, I was just looking at the uh, the accounts were published. Uh, I'm just jumping around my agenda here, listeners, but anyway. Uh, the accounts were published. Kieran Maguire put it on the uh, the Price of Football account. Mill posted accounts showing losses down from 13 million to 12 million in the 2022 period. Um, but someone, um, I think it was Terry Herlock, not the Terry Herlock, a poster called Terry Herlock on the uh, Mill Online website posted that uh, means that John Berlson has invested over 100 million into our club in the time that he's been with us with covering these year-on-year losses. Um, so I think, you know, this is a massive opportunity for John Berylson to recoup some of the money. Um, I don't know his, you know, I don't know his, his, his thoughts on that, but Premier League football would be a vital, vital boost, even one season in the top flight for a club like Millwall and then, you know, the financial cushion that it gives you. Um, so yeah, massive opportunity. It, it would be. It seems to me logical that you can't rely on Tom Bradshaw work rate, Vogi work rate. I mean, neither neither are short of um, effort and, and commitment, and maybe a touch of luck on on both counts, really. But um, I think we do need something a little bit more ruthless in front of goal to to provide that spark over the next crucial few months I and mean, the next crucial four games. I'm gonna discount that FA Cup tie tomorrow really nil because I think that's a bit of a diversion I know it's sad to say about the FA Cup but I think we've got to be looking at the Middlesbrough away fixture I think we've got Cardiff away following that then two big games at home I think Burnley and I think Sunderland uh, at the end of January and early early Feb so there's four huge games um, 
ideally, I think we want to get someone in place to 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 lead the line in at least three of those four games. So, like I keep saying, major chance, major opportunity. They don't come along very often, do they? It's, it's worth Millwall maybe just pushing the boat out slightly for the reward that, that is potentially on the table. I don't know. Easy for me to say. I've not not invested hundred yeah. million ever. Yeah, well, it is a risk reward situation. I don't think. Yeah, we always get the supporters that we must go out and spend money at all costs. Yeah, you can't gamble the future of the club on on going out and spending ten, fifteen, twenty million quid. No, you can't. On, no. And then, and then, eighteen months down the line, you're doing a derby. <laughs> yeah, something yeah, like yeah. That. Well, you don't have to look very far for that, do you? There's plenty of clubs. Bolton have, yeah. have fallen into the depths, you know. It be a fine balance between. I think that this weekend, it wouldn't surprise me if you see two clubs trying to lose an FA Cup tie rather than win it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Sheffield are in the same situation as us, really, aren't they? Yeah, well, I know that there's financial implications. The FA Cup does bring rewards of prize money, prize money. to it. But unless we were to get two or three of the top teams home or away, we're not going to make that much money through yeah, through the gate, are you? And it's a risk-reward. Again, it's a risk-reward, isn't it? Do you want to gamble on distracting the players from what is a promotion running? Yeah, because we are Absolutely. in a where we're challenging for promotion. Whether yeah, well, I know that people are going to hate to hear that, especially if they're non-Millwall fans, little old Millwall coming up to the Premier League. <laughs> Sky loving little party. Yeah. We're not Brentford. We're not. I was watching the Brentford game the other night, and they were raving. I mean, it was a good win for them. I think they beat. Uh, was it Manchester United? They beat the other night. I can't remember. Liverpool. No, they beat Liverpool, didn't they? Liverpool, didn't they? Um, shows you how much notice I take of these games, listeners. But they were raving and practically having orgasms over the Brentford crowd, Neil, because it's all so wonderful there. And I thought, oh, if we Tom do get in, if we do get into the Premier League, mate, <laughs> won't be raving over the Millwall crowd, will they? Um, yeah, but to be fair, Brentford they play some nice football, but it is a Frank wank along, isn't it? Every time Brentford. <laughs> are on there. Thomas Frank can do no wrong. Yeah, but he might be a very nice guy, but fucking hell. Spare us the beautification from the Catholic Church to bloody <laughs> put him in the Honestly, he, 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 he's just nauseating. And it would just be so good for one season for Millwall to get in there and bring everything that love, this happy, clappy atmosphere. Uh, to our real evil atmospheres down the den. Can you imagine Pep Guardiola? Yeah, yeah, and people pelt. Klopp actually decides it's time to kick off, and he's got that little group in the yeah, well, in the West Lower. Yeah, oh, Jurgen Klopp will be like manna from heaven, won't it? It'll be like uh, it'll be like you've got to. 
apologise for the war, the old Harry Enfield. <laughs> it will be it will be amusing. I, 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 anyway, let's 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 not get ahead of ourselves because we're tempting Lady Luck, and that she tends not to uh, not to favour when it comes to these things. Um, but yeah, um, I think tomorrow's game will be interesting. I think you're right. Sheffield won't want it any more than a cup run any more than we will do. They're sitting in second. They've got a nine-point stretch on, on Blackburn in third. So uh, they won't want injuries. They won't want a cup run. They won't want any of it. And I don't think we particularly do. But um, we'll see what kind of side yeah, turns we out. In yeah, We haven't got the squad to cope with it. Because no. if two or three injuries, heaven forbid we pick up two or three injuries, that is a serious impact. On our season, yeah, well, I know that people say, oh, yeah, but you could pick up two or three injuries at Middlesbrough next week. But, yeah, but that's in the league, that's isn't in, it? That's in pursuit yeah. of the reward that will benefit the club. I mean, the, the FA Cup is a benefit. It's a glory competition, and it's sad to see it in its current uh, form. Yeah, we ain't going to win it. Yeah, the best that we can hope for is a draw against Manchester City at home, isn't it, really? Yeah. Man United. At home, Liverpool at home, yeah. Spurs, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's 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 a it's a one-off. It's been the bedevilment of our club over the years in some ways. I mean, if you think back to 2004, I mean, the FA Cup run to the final, um, and that fundamentally allowed a chance of Premier League football to get out of our grasp that season. Um, the, the kind of searching for these glory moments as against the. Uh, the, the more kind of um, the grind of league action has always been a little bit of a, 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 a false, um, you know, a kind of a false reward at Millwall. I think we've tend to tend to fall for that over the years. So it will be great to see us focus on the league and let's see how we strengthen. Gary Rowett is talking about strengthening the forward area that can cover wing, that can cover central. I don't know. Um, and you're right, Neil. I think that um, we do need some quality up front. Um, one thing I would say, we would, I want to wish Bennett all the best, as we've said already, but he did bring some, you could see little moments when he created space for himself. You see it to some extent when Zian Fleming is on form, the, the, the next level of quality. I think that's what we've historically lacked. We certainly lack it at the moment in front of goal. We've got industry, we've got hard work and commitment, but we just lack that little bit of extra talent, the, the kind of, the player that can do things that, um, Others can't. Let's hope we get some something in over the, the forthcoming weeks. We'll see. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Achtung, Mehlwald. Great. Quite a bit of wage space. We've got rid of, obviously, now Benicophobi. Isaac Alofa is gone. And to some extent, I suppose, with Hayden Muller even. So there seems to be some space, some wage space. Um, we'll see who we get. Um, yeah, and George is creating some interest just to, yeah, well, just to send H into and even oh, yeah. more of a orbit. Harry will love that. Harry will love yeah. that. Do, who, yeah, do we know who's, who's interested in him? Or uh, I'm, I'm expecting someone like Gillingham or someone? <laughs> yeah, no, well, I think Gary Rowett has said, yeah, well, I'm not sure where he said it. I saw it on no. this morning. Okay. Uh, there is interest in him. I should imagine it will be it'll be somewhere towards the Midlands or north, wouldn't it? League, League One Midlands, yeah. So some, as you say, um, let's, yeah, let's, 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 let's... the player who came down, he showed he played quite well when he first came down. I thought I thought he added something to it, but it just hasn't worked for him. He hasn't been able to hold a regular place down. I think part of that is. Rowett, I think he doesn't sign players that can play in one position. He likes somebody that can play in two or three Multi. positions. So yeah. they end up jack-of-all-trades, master-and-none approach, isn't it? I think you yeah. see it to a certain extent with Murray Wallace. Is he a right-back? Is he a centre-back? Yeah? Uh, yeah. Styles fits into that. Yeah, but is he, yeah, but is he a left-winger? Is he a left? Wing back is he a central midfielder? Somebody who's played brilliantly, and they were going to come on to him. Yeah, uh, Shackleton. Yeah. yeah, you play Shackleton. He's right back. Is he cover for right back? Does he play in midfield? So he, he he's just George Evans has just fallen into that category of he isn't able to play. He, he, he hasn't been able to hold down one position. And I think that's pretty much the detriment of Millwall. Because, yeah, he's looked all right. I wish him the best of luck if he does move on. But it will be another and yeah, another weight off the wage bill. I don't know how much we're going to save by all this. I can't imagine. Don't I can't know. imagine don't much. Uh, I can't imagine Muller's on much. Evans is probably on. 10 grand a week, I'd say, something like that. Senior senior player. He's been around the track a few. I mean, I, I, I think you're right. I, I, I never had the kind of um, visceral uh, feelings towards George Evans that, that Harry did. I I think um, George Evans's problem was he was... He was a, a kind of an average midfielder. That's not knocking him. He was, you know, there, there was no one thing he was very, very good at. I, I noticed with Callum Styles, a uh, really good performance last week against uh, Rotherham. And you could see he does some things really well. The passing forwards, the, the shot, I think there was a, a, a blocked shot, uh, which created the uh, one of the goals. And I think that's, that was Evans' problem. He's, he's, he was a, he's a good player, but he wasn't very good in certain areas. And I think that's... 
that that's to his, you know, that's that's meant that he wasn't picked. And I think when you're out of the first team for a while, then you become, you know, kind of the, the part of the Calmont Road furniture, like uh, you know, like one of the bushes on, you know, just there, not not featuring in the thinking of the manager. That so, shows how far we've moved on and how the mentality of the club has evolved. Yeah, mm. or well, evolved. Sorry, uh, it. It's no longer good enough that you can just do a job, yeah. You no. have to, you have to add something. I think, I think that three, four, five years ago, George Evans would have been an absolute star of this team, but now we're looking to take it up to the next level, and yeah. and and I don't think George Evans can take us up to that next level. So, no, no I wish so, him well. Wish him well wherever he goes. Um, we'll see. Uh, obviously, this, this, these stories are unfolding. We're, we're speaking Friday the 6th, we're recording this, so there may well be stories that unfold over the next few days, but um, that's where we're at at the moment. Um, just talking about um, Richard, just looking at some of Richard Corley. Incidentally, I met Richard um, briefly the other, the other day when I was at the Den. Nice to meet you, Richard. I, I liked his four takeaways that he did on the London News Online website one of the points there's actually more than four takeaways in his piece but they do four headlines um and one thing that really struck me is that the lions as he puts it look to be in this um promotion fight for the long run um in other words that we are traditionally we have had to surge into the mix in the second part of the season whereas we are primarily looking to hold our form and and maybe improve it slightly but it's we're not looking to come from you know, the kind of back of the pack here, Neil, we are in the mix going into the new year. It's an unusual position for Mill to be in. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's a good position to be in. I yeah. think that, yeah, although things are so tight in this championship this season, there's not many points separating the, the top 10. There's definitely not that many separating six no. of the relegation zone. So... So it would be quite difficult for us to surge into it. I think that we're going to have ups and downs, as we've said, and I'm risking repeating what we've said mm. <laughs> on every other show. There are going to be there are going to be dips, but we just have to make sure that those dips don't turn into bigger dips, if you like. Yeah, ruts, two, three trenches. Yeah. yeah. Um, one other point he makes that struck me, which uh, again is not not something I suppose until you, you you read it, it doesn't maybe isn't as apparent. But the thought he calls it fortress den, Mill averaging two points per game from our home form, best defensive home record this season in the championship, um, and that's that, that's a little bit counterintuitive because there've been times this season. I don't know about you, Neil, but I've felt watching Millwall that we've been a bit flaky in defence, but that the numbers prove otherwise. I think that. That's quite a tribute to um, Hutchinson, obviously coming back, um, has, has, has really shored up the defence. Uh, Murray Wallace has pulled his form together. I think Jake looks a better player with, with Hutch alongside him. And I think Danny Mack has improved his form over the season as well. There's been, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good position to be in coming into the, uh, what is it now, 25 games played. That means we've got uh, 21 to go in the season. And that's a great, Great position to be in. Yeah, um, something to the party, doesn't he? He's he's the kind of 
yeah, it's the kind of glue that bonds it all together, I think, at the back is experience. And he is a quality, quality player. He is. And, yeah, well, and that shows. And, you know, you're right. There are times when we've looked a bit at the back and you've, God, Christ almighty, what's going on? But, but this is Millwall, yeah? Yeah, we're not Manchester City. We're not no. anybody else. We're Millwall. And you're going to have to expect those moments and you have to learn to roll with the punches. What annoys me is that is that we've got an element of support that were that are almost Prince Harry. They're so self believable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was waiting I was wondering if we might mention Prince Harry along the along the, the course of the podcast. Let's get let's get him in there. Um yeah, I I, I mean we've not touched on this show, the the booing of Tyler Bury, I think it, it comes from there's a, maybe a younger support that haven't known different times to what they see now, and an expectation fueled by the uh, the kind of FIFA 22 world that we live in, where you think success is an easy thing, and that but for spend spend millions like it doesn't exist of other people's money, I think that um, people do need to get a bit a uh, bit of a, a sense of realism. About I mean, Hutchinson is a great player. I think that Tyler Bury potentially could be a great player, but with some positions, you do tend to get hot and cold. You know, they, 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 their form comes and goes, and that's in the nature of every winger there's ever been. So, I think it's people need to um, that we're actually booing Tyler Bury before he. I think it's ball. shocking. I think it's shocking. Yeah. But that, it, it comes down to this this false expectation thing that we, we, we've yeah. mentioned a few times, haven't we? It's embarrassing, yeah? He plays for our football club, yeah? Yeah. And and he's a young player. It's just... But but we have an element of our support who they share the brain cell around the family, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Prince Harry's brain cell. Maybe that's the one they're sharing around. I don't know. Um, There we are. And they've given it to another family member for the day and that they forget it. Don't get this fucking back. Honestly, seriously, you're not going to, you're not going to get a performance out of him by booing him, are you? And giving him abuse. But same token, I don't think he's wise to turn around and react to it in one or two ways that apparently online he has done. But yeah, but that's not going down this rabbit hole. Yeah, no, I no, I mean, I think that's right. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm just looking at Murray Wallace, he's speaking to News at Den, he says that the, the squad is a very tight-knit squad and uh, only the right personalities fit into it. I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that Tyler um, picks up some, some good advice. Don't get involved in that. Your best response to being... Um, you know, comments from the crowd, easy for me to say, but your best response is always to show it on the pitch, put in that run that, you that you know, enables you to put your, your, your finger to your lips. Do do the run, but don't do that. And let, let that do the talking. Um, easy to say, Neil, isn't it? I mean, we all react when people have a, have a pop at us, you know, whatever the format, wherever the situation is. But it's that's, that's the cross that footballers have to bear to some extent. There are limits to what they should be expected to bear, but... Um, better off showing your, you know, making your answer on the pitch in the in the right way, Tyler. If you, I'm sure he does tune into the show. Achtung, Mailball. 
Let's move along to another little hot potato that um, irks certain sections of our support. Um, an increasing number of uh, foreigners, uh, i.e. people from uh, well, continental Europe and, and often now USA, and even I noticed a group of Australian kids came over the other day for, to be at the den. Um, this is... This is um, I find that I go round in circles with with um, newcomers coming to the Den because I feel very much like most Mill fans that this is my club and it belongs to. I'm sure every listener listening to this show will know this feeling that it's ours. You know, defend it, but unfortunately, that kind of parochial attitude doesn't make for long term success. And you want the, the Den to be full. That does mean that you'll get a lot of people now on weekend trips to London. It's a very convenient club. It has. Whether you like it or not, it's a name that's well known around the world. We have listeners from all sorts of places that you wouldn't think would be, you know, following Millwall, and people would want to come and take part. And I, I think we all have to collectively accept that this is part and parcel of success in the modern game. That you're going to get people coming in, maybe who aren't died in the wall Millwall fans, but do want to spend money in the club shop and do want to make their contribution. I think it can only be a good thing. Yeah, I've got one very simple answer to that is that empty seats do not generate your income no yeah and they don't, uh, don't generate your atmosphere particularly either but anyway yeah yeah but there's more atmosphere on the moon than was at the den last weekend yeah but well but but we won't get on to that yeah we've just spoken about how millwall are losing 12 million pound last yeah. year yeah and you're yeah. not going to put into that with yeah, with eight thousand empty seats, these tourists, day trippers, yeah, they're not preventing Millwall fans from getting tickets. Let's be honest; there are still plenty of tickets to be had. There's empty seats all around me. Yeah, that might be me. That might be me sitting that's causing it. I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, no I do think that is actually you that's causing <laughs> the phenomenon. <laughs> Yeah, with your Elvis impersonations and uh, things like that. These people, they want to come to the den. I know yeah. the club has, has operated a discounted group ticket uh, initiative at points this season, and, and it has added a lot of money. You go down there, yeah, you, yeah, you look at it, Johnny and Joanne Foreigner, yeah. they, want, they think nothing of spending... 100 150 quid down they're there because they're on, they're on holiday they come they come to millwall they want to they want to take back memories you know yeah but they want to buy a scarf they want to buy a shirt yeah yeah and there were reports i know it's only now yeah yeah i've only got this off off but there weren't shirts in some of the kiosks and people were and the foreign and John and yeah, well, Johnny and Joanne Jack and Johannes Foreigner, yeah. So, and, and so they were going to go around to the club shop after the game, yeah. We yeah. have to we have to change this small war mentality. You know, we have to get this money out of these people, yeah. Absolutely. And they want. We have to get smarter. Yeah, we've said many times on how the match day experience has got better at Millwall. Yeah, you've now got better food outlets. You've got now got better bar outlets. Yeah, yeah. And these people, they go into these places, and whereas people might, yeah, we get the old Yorkshire War cry when they ask you for eight pound for a, yeah, for a, <laughs> how much? 
that's yeah, a, I can and, remember that one, the Yorkshire War Cry. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, and they do. And to be honest, they don't think anything of it because they're no. on holiday. No. Players don't mind dropping a few quid on this stuff because. Yeah, but the British mentality is you chuck as much lager down your throat as possible when you're on holiday, don't you? And <laughs> yeah, but they buy stuff, so they don't think of it. And it, it, I think it's fantastic that these people want to come to Millwall. And who's to say that, yeah, they go down the game, they actually enjoy it, but then when they go home, they've enjoyed it that much that they continue to support the club. And that they take out the ten pound match streaming pass, and then next, then next season they might come back, but they might bring two or three more people back with them, and they spend money in the club shop, and all uh, yeah, well they say to their friends about this wonderful authentic London atmosphere. <laughs> it's a proper working class club, Neil. I don't know. No, I, don't, I think you're right. I mean, the thing is, um, and the club often get, get you know, we, we all read the same things online, listeners. We all know, you know, where where you go to find this kind of opinion. Um, but the, the, the parochial idea that it should be, what, essentially, what, five or 6,000 hardened Millwall fans of the past, there's no not enough money in that. that, that you have to look to expand the way that you expand in the modern world, Neil and I have spoken previously about cricket, where cricket will show county championship games for nothing, effectively, on YouTube. And the thinking behind that is the more eyes and ears and bums you can put on uh, on seats or views on, on online, the more of a reach you have, the more money you do in the end generate. And whether that be by paying for match passes, coming to the den, spending on scarves and all the other uh, paraphernalia that people want then that's that's how you project your name that's how you you expand your reach around the world and because of our history neil we do have a name and i think it's great that the club are attempting to build an increased um following because it's all judged online it's 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 followers online it's it's clicks and all this kind of thing is all measured and that's the way that the club will will, will progress. It it is a bit difficult for some of the older older fans who were there when George Petty was playing in front of three thousand at Coldblow Lane. But that don't put any money in the bank, mate, does it? It's, it we, we've got to move or we die, and that's 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 the only alternative. And we are ideally placed, as you said. Uh, we kick off at three pm on a Saturday afternoon, yeah. and unless you want to trawl around the shop or you want to queue up endlessly to go into the attractions at that time. We are we are a tourist attraction. Achtung, Milbein. Um, let's close out the show. I just wanted to mention, just repeat really, that uh, the, there's been this ongoing thing uh, with the those who have ordered memorial stones, the owl wall memorial stones, including me, because I, I did a crowdfund about a year ago now, Neil for uh, Bob Hunter, uh, but others have, have bought stones for family members, um, you know, supporters of many years standing, to get the stones fitted on the uh, our wall section outside the stadium. There's been a problem. I'm not going to go too deeply into it because I think it's an ongoing, unfolding thing. The club are 
have a a dispute going with the provider of these stones, a company called Your Tribute Limited. Um, the main thing I just wanted to say, because it's dragged on, dragged on, um, orders are unfulfilled uh, at the moment. But if anyone out there has ordered a stone and is still waiting, like like I am, like a good few others who I spoke to last uh, Sunday, um, please do forward your original receipt for the stone when you first ordered it, a few whatever hundreds of pounds it was, however much it was, uh, forward it to Shona, the supporters liaison officer, as uh, so that will help her greatly in collating the information the club needs. I know that sounds a bit of a weird thing to say in that you ordered it through the club website, but I'm going to cut out a lot of um, leaps to the end of the story. Um, please, please, please do forward your email receipt to Shona. She's on um, on Twitter. I think she's Mill SLO on Twitter. I'll stick a link and, on the show notes. Uh, I think it's SLO at MillwallFC.com or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick her contact details on the show notes because uh, I think it will be very, very helpful. Um, I think I'm probably going to say no more about that at the moment than that, Neil, but I know that will be helpful to the club and there is a dispute going on. So let's... Um... Well, I'm going to say something on it as you want. Go on. Yeah, yeah no, go on. Go, yeah. uh, play to Tony Thomas TT of the yeah. Drive Home YouTube fame. He he, uh, he tagged in uh, he tagged in Billy Taylor. Yeah. Uh, because I think the way that you felt and uh, that Steve Kavanagh uh fobbed you off with uh, yeah but don't want you to comment because obviously no. you don't want yeah you felt that Steve Kavanagh had fobbed you off. Uh I don't think you can attach much blame to Millwall in this matter, but I think the way that Millwall have uh, reacted, uh, the slowness in the reaction, and that has been fairly bad. These these stones are not cheap. I think Tony no, Thomas, PT yeah. said that he dropped six seven hundred pound somebody else mentioned on hoff that they'd done eight hundred pounds yeah 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 i spoke to that chap yeah saturday uh, sunday yeah yeah you'd done five or six hundred four nine nine yeah four nine nine yeah things are not cheap and and i think it's shameful that the club took as long and were as slow to react to this because because these stones that are ordered, they mean something to somebody, yeah? Absolutely. It, yeah. Generally, it's it's to pay tribute to, to a mum, dad, brother, sister, and it's generally your mum or your dad that have introduced you to Millwall. Yeah. And it's a reminder of your link to this club, and it's something that you can – that you might not visit their grave – Every no. week, no, yeah, no. Or, or or if they've been cremated, there might not be a memorial. This might be their memorial, yeah. yeah if you've no, scattered, yeah, and you walk past it, and I do know that people give it the quick and yeah, the quick kiss and tap yeah. as I've seen they go, people just touching it, yeah, yeah. It's a reminder. Every week of why you support Millwall and why and why this club is special to you, and 
this shouldn't be taken lightly. It would be fantastic. You know, I know I think Phil mentioned that it, the figures upwards could be 50k or more. That is a big chunk, but that will include the profit to the Stone Company. It would be Ooh. fantastic. The club could go to somebody like Dean Wilson and speak yeah. to Dean Wilson. I'm not suggesting that Dean Wilson does this for nothing. Yeah. But he is somebody that they have got a memorial garden. So they do know people. They might even do it themselves. I'd imagine if, so. Yeah. 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 The club could pick up the tab just as a just as a gesture. Thank you, gesture. We've saved 15k on Benicophobie's wages next week. <laughs> Let's put that money seriously. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, well, I'm serious. people are going to think that I'm barking mad. Yeah, no, 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 but no, you're, 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 you're spot on, Neil. Um, Phobie's wages next week, so let's put that money that 15k because we won't sign anybody between now and then. Yeah, so that's put that money towards the memorial stands. Yeah, and just a good PR exercise to show that there is a connection between Millwall, the club, and the fans. It's not always there, yeah? We are a small club, yeah? yeah. The, club, yeah. Yeah. the club are very quick to, they're very quick to, to laud us when we raise thousands of pounds for charity and we, and we do do charitable things. And they're very quick to criticise us when, <laughs> yeah, when <laughs> things go tits up. I don't know. What, I don't know what you're talking about, Fisler. Yeah. No, I, 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 I second all of that. Um, it, it does need to be sorted. It, it, it can't be ignored. And I think communication in any, in any, any walk me. of life, in any walk of life, Neil, communication is key. I mean, a big point, I know, but. If you don't tell people what's going on, then um, that's the worst possible scenario. Thankfully, and I, you know, I take my hat off to to TT and, and others. Um, Andy Rofferies online. I want to mention Andy. Um, yeah. uh, big big shout out to TT and Andy Ruffery. Um As I say, it's an unfolding story. I'm going to leave it there from my point of view because everything that Neil said is is is, is spot on. Um, We'll see how this finishes. It, it does need to be resolved, um, and it needs to be dealt with properly. And we won't repeat it would just everything. Be, it would just increase the feel-good factor around yeah. the club, at the minute, and it would be a good PR exercise for the club. Yeah? yeah. It, 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 sometimes you forget money because it's the right thing to do, yeah? And this is the right thing to do. For and the, the club, club, the club are normally pretty good at this. In you know, I, I, I'm going to leave aside the the lead into this moment. Then normally the club get things right, um, and you know we, we will always um, help them yes. um, where things aren't going right. Um, and as I say, this is this is a this is an unfolding story. So let's let's maybe next time we you and I speak, we'll see where we've got to by that stage, Neil. We'll, we'll no doubt discuss this again another another day. Um, just to close the show, I just want to mention one last call. This is final call. If you want to pick up your Achtung Millwall calendar for 2023, uh, Kelly's has got, I think she's got about 12 or 13 of them behind the uh, the bar, if that's the right way to put it, at the Lions Food Hub 
stall, which is at the blue bus end. She'll be there tomorrow. We're asking for a tenner each. They they put them all in um, stiff cardboard envelopes, so you haven't got to um, you know you've got to scuff them up in the ground. Um, they will go direct, obviously, to the food hub. And we've sold a couple today, and I think that will take us all in, including the cash payments that Kelly's got ready. I think we're on 160 odd, 860 quid, sorry, um, all in so far. So if we can shift those last 13 or 12 of them, however many she's got tomorrow, that will take us over the £1,000 target, I would like to say. If we can get close to that £1,000, I'll be very, very happy indeed. So last call for the calendars. I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that's uh, supported this. It's um, whenever I set out on doing these things, you, you, you set a target, you know, and then you kind of, you know, uh, cross your fingers and hope that people buy it. But Mill fans, we've, uh, you know, as we, we said many times, they step up when, when these things are going on. It's such a great call. So just want to say thank you to everyone for that. And yeah, but don't forget, yeah, but if we do sell out of those 13, he might stop talking about it. So, <laughs> I know, it feels like I'm a kind of a market stall trader. I don't like to carry on like this, but if you don't mention it, no, then people don't know. So anyway, last last call to my uh, listeners. So big thank you to everyone so far. Um, I'm out of agenda items. There Was there anything else you wanted to mention before we, 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 we shut out? No, I think for once we've not looked after... Yeah, well, after 20 minutes and thought, Christ, we can, <laughs> yeah, we can struggle our... Uh, to get our hour in here, well, we've done. We've, we've done made our well hour. Our fan base is is um, is uh, you know hopefully sated and satisfied for another week. Big thank you, Neil Fissler. Thank you for coming on the show. As always, mate, appreciate it. Yeah, no, but it's good to be back on the show after my brief sojourn on a. On the Twitter spaces when I was... On that, that Mill podcast. Yeah, I mean, you know, big shout out to that Mill podcast. I've, I've been in touch with Joe recently. Um, uh, shout out to all the boys on, on that show. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's give a bit of love out there on that front. So um, big thank you to, to Neil. Big thank you to you two, dear listeners. Into 2023. Until the next show next week. Arrivederci, Millwall. Bye for now. Achtung, Millwall. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.